I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Chris Harrington joins me now on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. Chris, what are we listening to? That is Lights Out by Santi Gold in honor of namesake Santi Aldama's Lights Out shooting for the Grizzlies last night. Uh, so, uh, I believe that you, uh, have said that, uh, the key to Santi Aldama's year is his shooting <laughs> and, uh, certainly looked good last night. Um, I don't know. What did you make of the performance? Was this just, Hey, he shot, he hit four or six. So that's going to look good. Or did he, I thought he looked comfortable? Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's continued to look good. I mean, you know, six boards in 24 minutes, um, you know, finishing above the rim, finishing some stuff in the paint. Um, I, you know, I, he just looks good. Uh, I, I do think the shooting is a tipping point for him. Like if he shoots, you know, he shot the shot looks good for one thing. Like it's a really smooth shot. Right. But you know that smooth shot went in at a fourteen percent clip from three point range as a rookie. Um, I don't. I, I think you know just based on my eye test, I think he's going to be a good shooter. If he's a good shooter, I think he's going to be a really good offensive player. Um, I, I think defensively he's six eleven, which which helps. Beyond that, I think there's a limit on what he's going to be there. But if he if he's a good shooter, he's going to be a good offensive player. And if he's a good offensive player, he's going to be a, he's going to be a real rotation player in the NBA. We've been talking today about identifying talent versus uh, developing talent, and then deploying talent, which is also uh, you right. know it, those are three different things really. What do you think the Grizzlies are good at? Like they seem to be pretty good at, at all of them. Um, do you subscribe to the Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain? Like, take the first round draft hits. Would they have been what they are, you know, in Sacramento, Santi Aldama? No, I think the development is a big part of this. I, I, I think, I mean, I, I'll be cute with the phrasing. I think they're good at identifying talent that they can develop. Right. Um, and so I, I think the development, I think it all, it, it all goes hand in hand, and so it's sort of hard to separate yeah. out. But I think the development is probably the biggest part of it. It is interesting because some of it is is a, is a mindset. Honestly, like you look at Josh Allen and the, and my Bills who who developed. Some of it is wanting to get better, right, and understanding your weaknesses and all of that. And I think that that's sort of identifying players who will work within their system to get better. Um, and then the other thing is Jeffrey has pointed out when you have a hierarchy of players. It's easier to find pieces than it is headliners, right? Don't you think it's easier to come in to be Santi Aldama and where you have to be the fifth best player than when you have to be the, you know, there's no clear hierarchy within a, a particular team? 
One hundred percent. And and the thing, one of the interesting things about that is that it happened instantly with John Morant. This is something I've written about before, but I noticed like in the preseason of his rookie right. season, like immediately, like everyone fell in line. Everyone, everyone immediately. Veterans, I'm talking about Jonas Valanciunas and Jay Crowder and Kyle Anderson. Everyone immediately said, "That's the dude," and we get in line behind that dude. Um, and, and it's it, it happened, and it's a credit to John. It's a credit, you know, to, to the way you know their culture and all that. But it happened instantaneously. What are the limits to this, by the way? So GP was just in here, and he said that he was once asked, "Who do you think is going to be better, Scotty Barnes or Jalen Suggs?" And he said his answer at the time was. Whichever player Toronto takes, yeah. uh, do you that do you think that's true? I do you think Jalen Suggs would be better than Scotty Barnes had it gone the other way. I don't know, but again, you're talking about guys drafted four and five. Right. It's hard to talk about guys drafted four and thirty, right? And so, in theory, you're talking about commensurate talents. Um, I, I, I think again, it's just hard to separate out. I, I don't, I, I don't think it's that simple. Yes, you know, but right. but, I, but I think I think organization and, and, and coaching and and you know what you do with players when they arrive in the NBA is a big, big, big piece of that puzzle. Right. So it Definitely. wasn't just that San Antonio was good at finding Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker; they also helped create Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best example because Mono Ginobili, you know, I think was, by the time yes. by the time he came over was already you know yeah. a great player in Europe. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. In terms of other things from last night, uh, as Drew pointed out in his piece, Jake LaRavia was part of the sort of regular rotation. David Roddy came into the fourth quarter. Is that a hint? You think that's a. Yeah, I think it's more than a hint. I, I, I really think that last night was, you know, last night felt like your typical next to last preseason game, not your mm. second preseason game, right. which is like, you know, it seems to be like, you know, the last preseason, preseason game, you sit everybody down and you don't care. Right. And the next to last preseason game was your dress rehearsal game, at least through three quarters. That was dress rehearsal game. Now that's, I'm not saying that he won't tweak things right. out opening night, but that was, if we, if opening night was tonight, this is what we would do. This would be our starting lineup. This would be our second five. This is the way the rotation will work. I think some things are going to get tweaked, especially into the substitution pattern, which we could get into or not. But I think the default is Santi Aldama is our starter. Jake Larabia is the tenth guy. And something I think will have to shift them off that prior. And I don't think anything I've seen to shift them off that prior. Now, Laravia's been up and down or whatever, but like so is David Roddy, and Tillman hasn't even played yet. And I think, I think you know, Laravia was the highest pick of those three players. They traded two first-round picks to give up, get up a few spots to get him. There's a lot of organizational investment in him. So I think he's going to get first crack among those players unless someone – you know, clearly earns the spot ahead of him, and that is not that has not happened. Uh, Desmond Bain was the first subbed out. Then he played, so he could play more with the second team. What rotation aspect struck you? Yeah, that's something, and I'm going to write about that later this week. I, I did a third of what I think will be five pre- roster preview columns today, um, but the one I'm going to do later this week, I think, is going to be on the wing guys, Bain and Brooks and Williams and, and Conchar. So I'll get into that a little bit there, but I did a podcast. I guessed it on Parker Fleming, one of his podcasts, or one of the, you know, that 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 um, blogs, the, the podcast he does for for that SB Nation blog. I guessed it on that last week, and Parker suggested, you know, should they bring Dylan Brooks 
play Dylan Brooks more with bench units since, you know, and then he's not taking shots when he's shooting all the time. He's not taking shots away from better players. And I pushed back and I said I would actually take another way with that. I would bring Desmond Bain out of the game first and bring him back in with the bench units and let him handle the ball and be more aggressive offensively with bench units. And I would tie Dylan Brooks to John Morant. A, because Dylan Brooks will always know he's at best second in a pecking order when John Morant's on the floor. And then B, he could help cover John Morant defensively. That's sort of what I suggested. That's what they did last night. You know, I don't know if that's what they will do, but that's what I would do. And so I like, I like that aspect of the rotation. It's also Dylan Brooks will then be on the court against the best offensive player from the opposing team, too, rather than, more, you know. More, yeah. more, more often. Yeah, yeah, more often. Um, all right, you did have a piece up today about the veterans. How old's Tyus Jones? He's lumped in with the veterans. I guess he is a veteran. I, I, I chose veteran based on NBA experience, not age. Right. So I didn't even look at I don't remember yeah. where he is. All the Dylan Brooks phrase, but he has had more years of NBA experience. At Danny Green, Steven Adams, and Tyus Jones are the three most experienced players on the roster in terms of years of service in the NBA. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was interesting. Um, your 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 thoughts on them, and I would urge people to read them. Um, let's take them one at a time. When you were writing about Stephen Adams, you said, and I wanted some explanation of this, that Stephen Adams's deal makes a deal for Brandon Clark even more likely. Now we think Brandon Clark will probably be reaching a deal because he sort of hinted at it at media day, but why does the Steven Adams deal make that even more likely? Because they had a path to have, I don't know, 25 to 30 million in cap space next summer if they wanted, but that was dependent on not re-signing Steven Adams, not re-signing Dylan Brooks and either not re-signing Brandon Clark or signing Brandon Clark or somehow getting him to some really low number. Um, and so when they signed Steven Adams, they made the choice that, uh, in, a, in a not surprising choice given their pattern, they made the choice that we're not looking for cap space next summer. So now that cap space is off the table, um, you're not going to – there's no reason not to, to, to sign Brandon Clark. You know, there's no value in not signing him at this point because the alternative was cap space, and now, now that alternative is off the board. And so, you know, your, your pathway now is not free agency. It's keeping your own guys and then either keeping them or, or trading them, but you have to have them under contract to trade them. And so it puts more an emphasis on retaining um, who you have. And with Brandon Clark, they can do that. With Dylan Brooks, that's not really an option right now. Tyus Jones, you make an interesting point uh, in your section about him. As good as he was last year, uh, in particular with his, his more frequent and accurate three-point shooting, he was only ninth in minutes on the team. Is he a luxury per game? Yeah. Per game. Is he a luxury uh, for this team? Is he expensive? Is he expensive for his role? Yeah, I think he is. But I think they overpaid to keep it at two years. I think I think you know I think he would, he could have gone elsewhere for a three or four year deal for for a little bit less per year, but more total money. And so in order to get him to sign a two-year deal, I suspect they had to go up a little bit on the per year. Um, and so I think that trade-off they deemed worth it. Um, and you still have this issue of like John Morant's durability. I think when John Morant is, 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 is healthy, then yes, having a $14 million backup point guard is very much a luxury item. But at the moment, it's a luxury item they can afford. And as you project it out, you know, it's going to be fine for the next couple of seasons before that Desmond Bay extension kicks in. And then when that kicks in, I don't think they're going to be paying $14, $15 million to back a point guard. They're hoping that Kennedy Chandler will be doing it for $2 million, but we'll, we'll see.
and then on Danny Green, you still make the point that you think there is a 50% chance that he will be dealt. His contract will yeah. be dealt. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think at least. I mean, I, you know, obviously there has to be a deal to do. I mean, last season, I point out, last season they had even more incentive to, to use Jarrett Culver's expiring contract in a deal because there was, you know, there's some hope Danny Green will help them in the playoffs. There was zero hope Jarrett Culver was going to help them in the playoffs. I mean, that contract was only there to be dealt. But they just never found a deal worth doing. So you don't do something if it's not worth doing. And so there has to be a deal worth doing, and the threshold will be higher in this case if they believe that Danny Green can get healthy and play for them. Um, they, they say they believe that now. I, I take them at their word. I think come February, the deadline, they'll have a better sense of what that prognosis actually is, and they can weigh the cost-benefit a little bit. But I think it's important for them to get on-court value out of Danny Green, either by him playing basketball or by using that contract in a trade for someone who can help you. And I think by, by midseason, you'll not only have a better sense of Danny Green's prognosis, but you'll have a better sense of what your actual needs as a team are. And then finally, you, conclu- you, you ended the piece with this sentence. Sentences, the Grizzlies have built a contender while everyone has waited around for them to make a deal that hasn't come. Odds are that will continue to be the case. You think that's right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's always more likely a major deal does not happen than does. I mean, it takes a lot of things to line up for a major deal to happen. So your safest bet is always, you know, that there's not going to be some big thing. But they have maintained, they have continued to keep themselves in position to, to do something big if and when the opportunity arises. And so if you look at, let's say for the sake of argument, that Jalen Brown tomorrow demands a trade out of Boston, right? Probably not going to happen, but let's say that does tomorrow. Well, your question, if you're a team interested in that, which I assume the Grizzlies would be, one, how do we match salary, and B, how do we add value? Well, in the salary match standpoint, like you start with Danny Green, that's an expiring, then you add Dylan Brooks, and now you're close, but you're still not quite there. And at that point, you're going to talk about Tyus Jones, who you really like, and Steven Adams, who you really like. But you're only going to talk about that if you need to, to make something big happen. And you're only going to try to make something big happen if the big thing is there to happen, which it probably won't be. But in case it is, they've, they've kept themselves in position just in case. All right. And then finally, uh, some sad news for you. Pizzeria Tresemino is I know. closing at Crosstown. This was... I believe when you did your pizza rankings, I don't know, like were two of your favorite pizzas there or there was one of your favorite pizzas? I think it was my number two. I don't want to be too glum about it because the, the owner who Jennifer interviewed, who I know, Sabine I know a little is bit. Great. Yeah. 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 So I know her a little bit. I, you know, I've chatted with her a lot across town. And so this is rooted in some of her, I mean, our, our headline says it's a staffing issue. It's really more of a personal issue with the owner. Like, you know, what, you know, you can only do so much in life and what's more important. And, you know, she's having some family issues, which she talks about. And so, you know, me missing my favorite pizza is nothing compared to that. So, but and they still have the, they still have the other restaurant in Crosstown, right? Which is deemed to be sort of more, it's sort of a mission as well, because they bring food from all over the world and give people a chance to eat delicious food of different types. Um, And they employ mostly immigrants and and all of that. That's a, that is of, of the two. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.